Welcome to Real Estate Hackers, where you'll hear how real estate investors grew something from nothing. Property management is going to become more technical. Our entire business today is based off of a hack. What if you could put $1,000 into an apartment building project on your phone? With YouTube, with podcasts, you can catch up very quickly to a seasoned investor. Now here's your real estate hacker host, Chad Gallagher. Welcome to the Real Estate Hackers Show, where we talk to actual investors who use systems and tech to scale out their business and where they see this all going in the future. Before we get to this week's guest, a few words from our partners and friends of the show. Welcome to Real Estate Hackers, where you'll hear how real estate investors grew something from nothing. Property management is going to become more technical. Our entire business today is based off of a hack. What if you could put $1,000 into an apartment building project on your phone? With YouTube, with podcasts, you can catch up very quickly to a seasoned investor. Now here's your real estate hacker host, Chad Gallagher. Welcome to the Real Estate Hackers Show, where we talk to actual investors who use systems and tech to scale out their business and where they see this all going in the future. Before we get to this week's guest, a few words from our partners and friends of the show. This show is brought to you by Slate House Property Management. Slate House manages over 3,500 units across the Mid-Atlantic, including Pennsylvania, New Jersey, and Maryland. Property management is sure not the sexiest industry, but what makes Slighthouse unique is it was founded by investors and engineers. Slighthouse has built or licensed over 12 different technologies to improve returns for investors and make better living experiences for tenants. Full-time maintenance guys help work get done quicker at a reasonable price. Slighthouse manages properties for many of the guests on this show and has helped them scale their business while they focus on acquiring properties. For more information, go to slatehousegroup.com, call 717-413-6976, or email service at slatehousegroup.com. Look forward to talking to you. What is up, guys? Coming at you today, I'm pumped. This is gonna be awesome. We got Nate Herrick in the house in the Trenton Hive here. Yeah. Nate, welcome to the show, man. Chad, thanks for having me. All right, so here in the real estate, what? Yeah, I was gonna say, interested to talk about the uh, the new space here, epicatm.net, unbelievable. Yeah, man, so Nate, uh, I met him at a meetup, which by the way, if you don't go to meetups, you should. Uh, met him at a, um, at a meetup about uh, a couple of months ago and was like, dude, you'd be a perfect guest for the real estate hacker show. And here we are. Thanks for having me. Cool. So, uh, Nate, and I mean, it's hard to even uh, bring this story together, but um, Nate is in the ATM space. And I know um, there's a few folks who are in this space, but he actually comes at it from a, an operator perspective. Is Correct. That, is that right? Absolutely. So, um, you know, it, it, this, is, um, this is a business that I started about 10 years ago um, while holding down a full-time job. I still hold down a full-time job in, in recruiting. Um, but... Uh, yeah, this is a, an opportunity to, to grow some passive income, to, to build uh, a portfolio and, and throw off some cash flow and supplement your lifestyle and pay for whatever else you need to, building it brick by brick. But like you said, on the operator level, ground, grassroots effort. Uh, so, putting I, I mean, I'm, I'm really, really pumped to hear the story. So my, I mean, here's my first question. So you're sitting there and, and what, what what's your full-time gig? What do you... Uh, at the time, uh, the story goes like this. I was actually working in sales, field sales, um, okay. selling merchandising contracts at, at convenience stores, gas stations. You know, I had a field, I had a territory, right? Okay. And I was approached one day by a, by a guy who um, is my former business partner. He's since uh, no longer lives in the United States, but uh, continues to maintain his business. Um, and he's like, hey, uh, you know every store owner in the area, don't you? 
And I'm like, yeah, yeah, so what? He goes, hey, listen, I own an ATM business. Let's go have lunch. So he, t- he actually took me out to like, I, I think it was like the Olive Garden. I'm sitting there having lunch at the Olive Garden with this guy. I don't even know. Eating some good breadsticks. Yeah, things. exactly. And he, he sits there and explains to me the business and it makes total sense to me. So um, basically, you know, a, a lot of people actually have the misnomer. They actually think that all ATMs are run by banks. That's not true. Um, most ATMs are run by independent operators such as myself where um, and I, a location is identified and an ATM is deployed um, locally, um, obviously hooked up to the banking network. Um, and really, if you have a, a good location, a power source and connectivity and a cash loader, you have an ATM. So that's basically how it started so uh, about 10 years ago. So you ate some good breadsticks at Olive Garden <laughs> and... You basically said, look, I, I can think of a couple of spots that would actually be perfect. Right. This. And at, at the time, how I, how I sourced my new locations was uh, was using my existing network, just like any, any sales job, right? Hey, who do I know first? Who, who may benefit from an ATM? So um, anytime uh, I saw a new store opening up, ground up new location, I'd go in and drop my car and tell them about the business. Um, change of ownerships. Hey, uh, new owner coming in. You know, maybe he's not going to use the existing ATM operator. Maybe he's going to use me. Um, it could be I, it could be locations that you would never think would have an ATM machine. I actually have an ATM machine out at a high school in Los Angeles, California. Um, you know, uh, some of these high schools with four thousand students actually do some business <laughs> out there. So there's there's if you can think of a, a location with good foot traffic, odds are people need cash, and an ATM is a viable uh, business solution. It's just wild. Um, okay, so uh, talking through the kind of the mechanics of it, I guess you're are you are you are you leasing the space from the yeah. So uh, here's owner? here's a really I'll, I'll give the Cliff Notes version of, of how this this pretty much works. So um, just like anything, um, an ATM might take up two square feet in a location, but that's somebody's store, and it, let's use a, a gas station as an example. Well, that that store owner's not just going to let you put your ATM in there for free. Um, you have to pay him essentially a commission or rent. So typically in the business, store owners get about 50% of the service charge in the high traffic areas, like really busy locations. A lot of these, these store owners get a little bit more aggressive and they want more of a cut. But on average, all my machines that are deployed right now and pretty much the industry standard is 50%. Okay. So if you want to use an example of, you know, a $3 service charge at an ATM, you know, that for every withdrawal, that store owner is getting a buck fifty. Okay. Now, there's another part of the equation too, right? So there's the, the money you have to pay to the store owner. And then there's the money you have to pay to the cash loader because somebody needs to maintain this machine with cash. The next question, I guess, is where all the, where's all the cash go? The way it works is this. Every ATM is linked to somebody's business account. The money that leaves that machine is automatically circulated back into your business account the very next business day. That's how it works. So think of it as a just circular rotation of cash. Um, you maybe can stock an ATM with two or three grand, four grand, go there maybe once or twice a week, and it flows back into your business account. That person, it's their capital. They get paid a portion of that service charge in the industry, in the marketplace right now, typically 60 cents a transaction. So you're giving a buck 50 to the store owner. And you're giving 60 cents to the cash loader. That leaves you. And the cash loader is also providing the cash. It's their money. It's their capital. Absolutely. Absolutely. So that leaves you with about 90 cents of the service charge for yourself. Okay. 
Um, once that ATM is deployed, um, not only do you get the 90 cents, um, you do get interchange money, similar um, if people are you know, familiar with the credit card business and you know, there's fees associated with using an ATM that the bank charges. Well, us as operators get a cut of those backend fees as well. So figure on another 20 to 25 cents in addition to that 90 cents. So you're looking at about $1.15 in our example that we just used, $1.15 per transaction once that ATM is deployed for really not doing much. Is there a um, cost to the machine? You have to buy the machine? Absolutely. So, so there is the upfront cost, obviously, though, to deploy a terminal. A brand new ATM nowadays, a good machine that's going to do everything you need it to do is about 2400 bucks. 2400 That's not too bad, actually. Not at all. Yeah. So, I mean, doing some quick math, if that machine does 200 withdrawals a month and you pay $2,400 for that machine, your rate of annual rate of return is 100%. And a machine lasts six, seven years? Is that I mean, I mean, I have machines that have been running for 10. Okay. I have machines that break after two years that maybe need a new printer or the keypad goes. I mean, there is general maintenance associated with this business. Just like any machine breaks, <laughs> uh, general maintenance includes, I mean, dollar bills are dirty, right? So there's a cash dispenser that you may have to take some compressed air and blow out all the dust. Um, general, you know, basic general preventative maintenance. And the cash loader is responsible for doing that. Not me. That's awesome. So, so, so if you're sitting there and you own a, a barber shop, oh, or, yeah. or you just go to a barber shop all the time. Yeah, and, you need, and they, barbers like to get their tips in cash. So yeah, that's a, that's a viable location. Um, anywhere there's, there's great, you know, there's propensity for large amounts of foot traffic in general. And I want to touch on this too. And, uh, you know, there's a portion of our, of our population that usually they, they just don't use credit cards. I mean, a lot of some of the lower income areas, as I would say, um, those areas do typically do better for ATMs hmm. um, just because of people don't have cars. People are walking to the local bodega or the gas station or, you know, they, they, a lot of people in this, in this country, believe it or not, we deem unbankable. They don't have bank accounts. Um, hmm. They use, um, EBT, you know, uh, public assistance cards to, to access cash. Um, and even the state of Pennsylvania, now I find this interesting. Um, Pennsylvania has legalized sports gambling. And guess what they send people in the mail to access the funds if they want to withdraw from their account? They send, them, a, they send them a debit card. Hmm. So, and it is, as far as I know, the only way to withdraw funds from your account in the state of Pennsylvania is to use an ATM. It's crazy. So usually the next question you might ask is, hey, with Venmo and PayPal and Apple Pay and everything else, aren't you seeing a drop in ATM transactions? That was my next question. I think I even had it written down here. Yeah, probably because that's the question everybody asks. Well, the answer is no. Um, ATM transactions are actually growing. Uh, 2017 over 2018, ATM transactions have actually grown and they continue to grow. Um, is cash is not going away. And all I say is this. I go, if you think cash is going away, when's the last time you drove by a toll booth? Not everybody's going through the easy pass. Every people are still paying cash, and the line's a mile long. I mean, that is. Uh, so I mean, first off, you're like a lot of this is mind blowing, and it's trying to kind of alter how you think about things. But one of those things that is just shock that is shocking to me. I would guess if if you had if we had just started talking, I would guess that you'd be telling me, you know, cash at withdrawals are down ten percent right. year over year, and you're telling me they're up, they're growing. Absolutely. I can tell you this from personal experience. I mean, I just threw a statistic at you that was more of a national statistic. Um, my own ATM transactions and my own personal portfolio, um, 
are not up. They're actually about sideways, but they haven't gone down. Okay. So, so I can tell you that from personal even. experience. They're basically you know, um, year over year, my machines are are so predictable. Like within a, a two or three transactions, locations do within you know five or six transactions of each other every single month. That's how consistent they are. It's crazy because a lot of times it's features people are creatures of habit. It's yeah. the same people using those machines. And are you doing, I mean, you're not really doing any marketing for the machine. I guess the machine markets itself? Is that a... Absolutely. Um, you know, it's it's pretty much, it, it's all location-based. Um, I mean, it sounds like about as passive income as it could be, right? Because you're not the one, mm -hmm. I mean, you're not really doing much of anything. Uh, once the machine is deployed, it, it's pretty much plug and play. Uh, there, there, there is some administrative tasks involved, number one. Um, I actually monitor uh, these machines on a mobile app. Um, I can see in real time what they're doing. If a machine is down, if there's a dollar bill stuck in a machine, I can see it on my app. Um, if, it's run, if it's running low on cash, I can send my cash loader a text. Hey, what's going on? Why is this machine empty? It's Friday night. Um, th those are some of the general admin tasks that take a few seconds out of my day to do, but are required for the general maintenance of the, of the ATM route. The final thing is at the end of each month, I do print out and send uh, my merchants their commission checks. So I send them a statement, I send them a check. A lot of these people are old school, they don't want electronic payments. Hmm. And so I really, I mail out a statement, but I actually use that statement as a marketing tool. I thank them for their business, mm -hmm. I include a business card, mm -hmm. and I keep that personal touch. Mm -hmm. Because this is a very competitive business, and sometimes you know people try to st steal your locations, mm -hmm. people try to, you know, give them more money, a higher commission. So it's always nice to maintain that personal touch. And I like to go old school with the, you know, old school mail um, mm -hmm. with a with a nice letter in there every once in a while. You know, that's awesome. Talking through the the mobile app a little bit more. I know our audience will, yeah. will love the the tech there. So it it um is there actually a camera on the ATM? That's basically nope. So here's the thing: every ATM is obviously connected to the network, so it's connected via a regular Cat five internet cable, right? And any information you could ever want on your ATM transactions is available in real time on my mobile app. And, um, you know, once you get a machine on the network, it's everything is on the network. The, the balance of the how much cash is left in the ATM, transaction by transaction by transaction, the person's card number, last four of their card number. You know, whether or not they did a balance inquiry or with cash withdrawal, the amount they withdrew. Everything, They're, the balance of their bank account, everything is visible to me in real time. That's crazy. Um, and it's, uh, you know, you can manage a portfolio of one ATM up until, you know, you could have 10,000 ATMs in a portfolio and be able to just you know, run full analysis on everything. And so when you used to like a, like a dollar gets stuck, yeah, that comes up as like an alert on your phone. Yeah, basically. it's actually, an air, this, these machines have sensors in the machine. So I could even tell you where the dollar bill is stuck within the cash dispenser. As a matter of fact, I just had one yesterday. Um, it was by the exit gate. And I just sent a quick text message to the store owner. Hey, you have a dollar bill stuck in your ATM. Please open it, remove it, restart your machine so we can get up and running again. Gotcha. So, so the answer is, is it completely passive? No. Does it take a lot of time out of my day? An hour, hour or a month or something? Uh, exactly. Yes. Uh, and then I guess, I guess the store owner, do you do a little bit of coaching? Like, hey, if a dollar bill stuck, here's how you open the yep. machine. And that's all with the initial deployment of the ATM. Like, I established their password because the store owner, a lot of times they load their own machines, right? So, you know, you set their password for them, you show them how to how to load the cash and the cash. So sometimes set. the store owner can also be the- Cash loader, absolutely. Interesting, because uh, they have a lot of cash, I guess. Right, cash loading is, is key, obviously. And there, I like to say there's, um, 
there's four ways to get your, your ATM loaded with cash. The first, like we just talked about, was the store owner loads their own cash. And instead of paying 60 cents to some other cash loader in my network, I pay the store owner. The second way is the one I just mentioned, uh, another cash loader that's in my network of ATM operators um, that drive around and load cash. The third way is load it yourself, which I don't want to do anymore. Right, right. but maybe used <laughs> yep. to. And the fourth way is if you have a very, very busy ATM, it behooves you to actually hire an armored car to actually drop off about $30,000 into that ATM in one shot. Yep. So um, those are the ways that, that cash is, is actually loaded, deployed. And, and I guess the, the person taking the cash is the one taking on all the risk. Like if, what if the, cat, what the ATM's broken into? Yep, like absolutely. There's no risk on my part. It's all on the cash loader. They know what they signed up for. Um, and, and it's a misnomer. People think that, um, you know, people think these things get broken into all the time. Have I seen people's ATMs getting broken into? Yes. Have any of mine ever been hit? I'm knocking on wood right now. No. Um, it, it's not as prevalent as you may think, it, but it's like anything. People's stores get broken into as well. So, I mean, it's, it goes hand in hand with any, any business, really. There is some level of risk. The next thing you're going to ask is, well, is there any insurance? Um, nobody's going to insure an ATM. Um, it's just, there's no insurance for it, but okay. so there is some, there is some level of risk. And, and I used to assume that risk. I used to drive around with like $25,000 in my glove compartment and I used to load ATMs when I was first starting out, but it was a great learning experience. I learned how to fix the machines. I learned everything there is to know about them. Um, so now I can more or less sit back and, and let the business run itself. Man, this is awesome. So, I mean, and it's so cool <laughs> in real estate, <coughs> there's all the different ways that you can um, you know, make money. I mean, we, you know, we, everything from a co-working space to multifamily to single-family homes to, I mean, essentially your your ATMs are a real estate play. Yeah, I mean, it's I don't know of any uh, other piece of real estate that takes up a space that's uh, two by two feet um, that can throw off the type of cash flow that an ATM does. So um, it's, wild. it's definitely bang for your buck in terms of square footage. What do you look for? Like, uh, you said, you know, high traffic locations, What's your goal? Like a hundred transactions a month? I mean, yeah, if, if a viable location nowadays, because let's be honest, it is a saturated market. There's an ATM everywhere you turn around. Um, but if you can land a location that, I mean, we just did the math on one that does like 200. I mean, if, if you can do a hundred transactions, you're going to make 50% cash on cash on your money. I don't know about you, but I'm not getting that anywhere else. Mm -hmm. um, and that's, so yes, that's a viable number. A hundred's a good rule of thumb. If it can yeah. do a hundred withdrawals, it's a good rule of thumb. Hey, that's that's not a bad spot. I mean, you can have it in there. Now, what do I shoot for nowadays? I mean, if you can do two, three hundred um, uh, withdrawals in a location, two to three hundred, that's a solid location. The best one I've ever had. I mean, I had a machine that was doing two thousand a month um, by one of the busiest like bus stop, bus stations in, in New Haven, Connecticut, by Yale University. I mean, that that machine was throwing off more cash flow than an apartment building I own. So. So there you go. That is crazy. And what eventually the guy said, look, this is someone else. I, I lost the location because of a change of ownership. We discussed that earlier. So there, there are pitfalls to this business. There's ups and downs, just like anything. You're going to gain locations. You're going to lose them. I mean, it, it's, it's kind of a street level business too, to put it bluntly. Um, it's rough out there. There's a lot of guys out there on the street that are throwing off like advanced commission loans that will walk into a, a, my location and say, hey, you know, uh, I'll give you, I'll give you five grand right now, advance commission to kick this guy out. I mean, there are, there is the underbelly of the ATM business, for lack of a better term. 
But um, there, there is a, it's a camaraderie. It's like almost like a, I, know, I hate to say it's a brotherhood, but ATM operators, especially in urban areas, they all watch out for each other. They know not to step on each other's toes because everybody's in there together. Yeah. You know, it, nobody really wants to steal other people's locations. And, and if you do start doing that, I mean, you, the name, the reward gets out quick on you. That's yeah, crazy. So, um, so uh, if you're sitting there and you're like, you know, hey, I want to deploy an ATM, mm -hmm. how do you recommend someone even get started? Well, what I would say is this. Um, you, you, you really should know the business first. I would recommend like cash loading is a, is a really good first step to actually know the inner workings of an ATM and being able to recognize a good location. Because when you're loading cash, you really got to have eyes on that machine. You got to make sure it doesn't run out of money. So you're actually monitoring it daily, right? Whereas me, I mean, I maybe look at my app, looking at my whole portfolio once a day where you're really keeping an eye on that. Um, the other thing would be, I mean, through, through my website and through what I do, you know, I'm offering, I'm offering to teach people the business. I'm offering partnerships, essentially. Somebody offered that to me 10 years ago, um, showed me the way, showed me a way to earn extra income for me and my family. And I'm happy to do the same um, because if somebody's going to go out there and, and find a good location and I'm willing to teach them the business. Um, I, so I would, to answer your question, I think you need to find somebody in the business to kind of show you the way. Yeah, no different sense. than mentorship in any other business. Right, right. You, you, the first flip you do, yeah. you mentor someone, and then once you've been in it for two, three years, you're kind of off and running yourself. Right. You know, you're looking for a good contractor, you know, to work on one of your rentals. Um, you probably got that referral from a friend of yours or someone else in the business. Yeah. And then Nate, I mean, so you don't just do ATMs. I... Uh, you also were in vacation rentals, is that right? Yeah, I, I did that full-time for a while in between jobs, and I still maintain a biz, that business to this day. So I do deploy the Airbnb VRBO model on, on one property right now. It's not a major focus of mine, but I still do it. Um, it's at the High, High Sierra Lodge in uh, Lake Tahoe. And uh, it's, um, again, you know, using technology to, to, to run a business, you know, across the country. Here I am in the Philadelphia market, and this... You're talking, you know, Lake Tahoe, uh, Incline Village, Nevada. Um, basically, what I've done is is um, created a rental program where I represent owners of uh, vacation real estate um, and market them and, and facilitate rentals when they can't use it or don't choose to use it. Or I even have some clients that they look at this as an investment. Um, so basically, um, you know, marketing on, on VRBO and, and Airbnb, securing the rental, sending out rental agreements, uh, collecting money and paying okay. the owner. So do you um, own that spot out in Tahoe or you uh, just... No, I'm just... Uh, well, I do I do own one unit myself. Okay. I do own one um, that I continue to market, um, but I mainly uh, represent other owners. <laughs> it's just so a, I don't own them. I know, but I'm, I'm sensing <laughs> a theme here, which is basically uh, you're essentially just... I mean, a lot of people think about real estate as having to, you know, amass this large quantity of money yeah. to go out and buy a piece of real estate. Right. That's the traditional wisdom. Yeah. Um, you're throwing it all upside down and saying, no, I don't actually need any money. No, an ATM costs $2,400 and you can actually finance an ATM. Um, so actually you could, you could launch an ATM or like I did out and with a rental program, um, generate rental income using none of my own money. Yeah. Um, just, just a little using, bit of hustle. Yeah, using a little bit of hustle. And like, the, so the barrier to entry, I would say, on some of these ventures are, are a lot lower than having to come up with a 30% down payment on a commercial loan uh, for like, you know, a five unit apartment. 
building. So, so you got a vacation rental in Utah. Are your ATMs all over the country too? Uh, it, it's mainly in the Northeast, but I do have a couple in California. <laughs> yeah, I mean, just what I love is everyone says like... I actually have a school teacher out in California that, that loads um, cash into the ATM at the local high school that he works at. <laughs> yes. I've got, you know, people say like real estate's local. It's like, no way. I mean, how the heck, I mean, is there a story there? How did you decide to get a ATM in a high school in California? Well, I used to live out there, okay. one, but, um, you know, I have someone out there to help manage it. So, um, like anywhere, like this, this offering, I mean, you could live in the middle of Ohio. You could live in the, is it international? Could you, uh, it, well, our banking regu regulations are, it would be the United States banking system that we're under. Um, like I, I've never tried, but I don't think I could deploy one in Canada or Mexico, but okay. anywhere in the United States. Um, uh, there is one place that you cannot deploy an ATM due to federal banking laws, and that is uh, marijuana dispensing facilities. That is still off the books, but anywhere else you can, um, business-wise, uh, I have to say that. And um, yeah, I mean, you can- What about you can, a public space? So like a train station? Oh, absolutely, anywhere. So you would go to the train station manager. It would have to be yes. It would have to. It would have to go through the the real estate, probably the management company that manages that space to okay it. Um, office buildings. Um, let's say a, a busy office uh, high rise has a cafeteria in the in the first floor. Um, you talk to the management company of that cafeteria. Maybe you can land a location there. I mean, it, you're only limited by your imagination. And do you do you ever test a location like? How is it going to work or not? But let's see. Oh yeah, I've had I've had locations surprise me. I've had locations that I thought are great that be that have been a total flop. The good thing about an ATM is, I mean, you can always remove it and put it somewhere else. It's a lot easier to move than an apartment building. <laughs> oh man, Nate, this is so cool. I I think one of the things I love about having guests on here, uh, you know, and if people wanting in the ATM business, they should definitely reach out to you. But I also love how it just just changes the mindset. Oh, absolutely. Of, of what someone's thinking so, about. You know, I used to think the opposite. I used to think, oh God, you know, I need, I can only be where, I can only invest where I live. I can only have an ATM where I could drive through to service it. But I'm like, wait, why don't, why don't, you know, we have a full service team at the, at the company I'm a part of. Like if, if uh, a busy ATM in the middle of North Dakota goes down, I have a guy I can deploy. Yeah. There's a fee, but yeah, you're still managing a portfolio remotely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, no different than how people are able to invest outside of their area now too. Right. So that's awesome, man. Um, well, Nate, this is great. I uh, I didn't mean to rhyme there, but um, what, uh, I mean, if folks are, are sitting there saying, hey, like, you know, I own a co-working office or whatever, that might be a good fit. How, how do they reach out to you? What's yeah, the... so definitely reach out, epicatm.net is a good place to reach me. I also, I always pick up my phone. I'm old school that way. Um, I'm going to give out my number, 617-212-3884. Reach me directly. And uh, we can kind of talk about opportunities to see if this might be for them. I mean, it's not for everybody, but it's definitely a, a viable opportunity with a low barrier to entry financially. Awesome, uh, versus like like we said earlier, hey, saving up 30, 40 grand to try to buy a building. Yeah. You know. Uh, here, last thing I, I ask every guest you know, uh, the future of, of where you see things headed to and in either real estate or the space you're in, what gets you excited about maybe in the next like two, three, four years of, of either tech coming down the pipeline or something else that, you, mm -hmm. that, that you're excited about that could kind of either disrupt or be changing 
uh, how, what you do then? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, there's a lot of talk about like, you know, cryptocurrency and crypto ATMs. As a matter of fact, there is a, such a thing as a Bitcoin ATM. <laughs> um, you can go to an ATM in New York City and buy Bitcoin. Um, it, it's pretty much unproven and I don't think it'll be viable until it's widely accepted. But um, that is um, a potential disruptor or you know opportunity, either mm-hmm. way you look at it, um, for service charges to make money. Right, potentially have an, an option on the ATM to also deploy Bitcoin, I guess? Or, or no, I, absolutely. Um, there, there's on the machine right now, you can literally go over, you know, and drop your bank card in and buy Bitcoin to your wallet, to your coin wallet. Um, it's, it's not widely used. I mean, you can actually Google it and it'll show you where Bitcoin ATMs are located uh, near you if you're in a major city. Usually they're only in major cities. But um, Do you have any Bitcoin I do ATMs? not have any Bitcoin ATMs. I've actually heard, um, I haven't heard too many good things about them and they're also very expensive. Um, they're over $10,000 a piece. So, Jeez. and they're not in the, the return on investment isn't there yet. It's not a space I want to be in. I know people that have tried it out. Um, some have had average results. Um, but, but no, I would say that's, that's a big disruptor is crypto. Um, but cash as we know it, I mean, I, thought, I, I, I used to think like you, I'm like, whoa, like, isn't it going away? I yeah. mean, with all these other options out there for Because I hate people. cash. I hate, 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 hate cash. I mean, well, there's wallet. a lot of people that don't ever have cash in their wallet, yeah. ever. Um, but well, there's a large portion of the population that still does. But I seem to, even though I, I hate cash and I never have it on me, my good, lovely wife, Ashley, always seems to have some cash. And I, I, it sure seems like once every week mm-hmm. or twice a week, I need cash for something. It's really frustrating. I get mad. And then I look over to Ashley and say, do you, with a little puppy dog face, do you have cash? <laughs> I, I was at an event last night and um, it was so busy. They had a valet service. I did not have cash on me to tip the valet. How does the ATM guy not have cash on me to tip the valet? <laughs> How's that possible? <laughs> Yeah, well, it's because you got a network of these things. I All was, your cash is oh, deployed. I guess kind of jerk by that, but I, you know, he's like, he understood. But anyways, <laughs> I probably wasn't the only guy that night that wasn't carrying yeah, cash. Yeah, yeah. But um, anyways, well, good man. Hey, Nate, thanks so much for swinging by here, talking about your, uh, you know, operating ATMs. Essentially, the way I look at it, is you're almost leasing out a corner, a two by two. Yeah, space. Yeah, in you're office. paying rent in somebody else's uh, business and uh, and making a profit off it. So. And a win-win. You know, win-win for everyone in the store. And, and here's the other thing, too, that people need to understand is I'm not only looking to partner with, uh, you know, potential operators. Hey, if you own a business that think you could benefit from an ATM machine and, and the key here being, hey, people are taking out cash in your establishment to then turn around and spend it in your establishment, then all the better. So, I mean, the, the, the offer extends not just to operators, but if anybody would be interested in even deploying one in their own business as a viable source of income for both service charge and people spending money in your store yeah. or whatever business it might be, yeah. um, all the better. Here's so, my last question. Yeah. You must have, I may have a good answer. I'm glad you started this. What is the craziest ATM location you've seen? <sighs> when you say crazy, like when, when that you'd, ne- you'd never think of? Yeah. Um, I once saw... I once saw an ATM deployed in the middle of like right by, you know, those corn mazes. That they, uh, <laughs> I knew you'd have a good answer. Yeah. Like, 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 you, like the corn mazes like for Halloween. Like for of. Halloween. It was in the middle of a field and it had a, a cord running out of it into a, <laughs> a, a, a like a shed. <laughs> and, you know, there was a snack bar, cash only, nearby. People were using the ATM. Now, you were probably jealous. I was like, why didn't I think of that? <laughs> but, um, but no, uh, you know. Another way these ATMs connect is with a wireless box. They can they can connect via the cell phone signals, right? 
So, I mean, if you have a power source and a wireless box, I mean, you can put an ATM in the middle of a cornfield and it'll work. So that's crazy. So man. that's uh, not a crazy Corn spot, maze. but it's like an out of the, out of the, <laughs> yeah. out of the ordinary yeah, spot, right? Yeah, well, I wouldn't <laughs> think going to your corn maze, you'd be pulling out my ATM, but and I guess it's part of it, right? It's, it's, if, if there's a cash, you know, business, then and, yeah. someone's going to. Cool. Hey, Nate, thanks for swinging by. This is awesome stuff, and uh, we'll hope to see you soon. All right, Chad. Excellent. Thanks for having me. All right, man. Bye. Bye. So that's our episode of Real Estate Hackers. Thanks for joining us in your real estate investing journey. We come out with fresh new episodes weekly. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast. And if you would, let your fellow investors know about us. Also, if you've ever hacked or found a unique solution to an issue in the real estate space, hit me up. We may even share your real estate hack on a future episode. Check out our site at realestatehackers.com, on Instagram, at realestatehackers, or email me directly at chad at realestatehackers.com. Real Estate Hackers is an on-air brands production. Huge thanks and shout out to Eric and the team at On Air Brands. Be sure to check them out at onairbrands.com. This is Chad Gallagher, your host of Real Estate Hackers. Hope to see you at our next meetup or live event. And who knows, you may even be the next guest hacker on our show. See you soon.